Hi there, I'm Mike Pereira, and he's Michael Clark. Together, we're the hosts of Mid Credit Scene, a podcast about movies. And this is a Mid Credit Minute, a kind of bonus mini episode where we talk about big, important topics like snacks, double features, and more. In this episode, our latest guest, local designer John Johnson, weighs in. You know, one element of design that we often don't talk about, and I think that that if it's done really well, no one even knows about is matte paintings. And this is my favorite thing, because when I found out as a kid, when I first saw something about matte paintings, I was like, I'm sorry, what? Somebody puts a big piece of glass in front of the camera and paints <laughs> all the details in. And I think it was a, I think it was Star Wars that really introduced me to the idea of matte paintings where like, you know. Darth Vader and the Emperor are like walking through a whole thing of stormtroopers with the ship in the background. I realized like 90% of that shot is literally a painting. Yeah. Except for the two people walking in probably an empty warehouse, which is the same thing that happens in uh, at the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Where they put the, where they warehouse the Ark. It's like the guy moving the skid with the box is the only actual part of the oh, film. Oh, yeah. I joked the about rest that of when it we is just that a, recently. <laughs> yeah. The rest of it is just an incredible painting. Yeah, on a piece of glass, sit in front of sitting in front of the camera. Um, and I wanted to ask you about that. You know, like what do, do you have? Like you know, we we talked a bit about this, but like you you clearly know a little bit about map paintings. And do you have ones that really jump out to you where you're like, holy shit, that was amazing? I I can only think of like I mean there's not specific stuff aside again from Disney stuff which I have like I don't know there's there's a weird spot in my heart for Disney that I never thought I would have but uh, especially that's like good, old dis old Disney like I have a book here that's the art of um I never know how to pronounce their name Evind Evind uh, E Y V I N D Earl who did like background paintings for Sleeping Beauty and other stuff mm. and uh, and actually I think one of the things that one of the times I actually really like clued into their work was not that long ago. It was at, um, it was at the AGO for that exhibit of, um, well, I can't think of his name now. Um, the guy who did Del Toro. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's at the Del Toro exhibit, um, at the AGO and there was like sections of different people's art and there were some big pieces of Earl's background illustrations. Um, which of course, when it comes to an to animated stuff, they're not <laughs> classic, huge uh, matte paintings. So they're just small, but they're gorgeous, and like yeah. there's so much mood and tone in them. Um, and so that stuff is really cool. And then I also would always what I always think of, and I can't even place. There's one in my mind that's like a black London city that like has even lights in the windows. Um, maybe it's like Mary Poppins or something. Yeah, um, but there's definitely like because yeah. yeah, there's some nice there oh, yeah. there are some nice um, matte paintings in that. But I think like anytime they're doing stuff with lights through windows and like animating the matte painting, I think is fascinating because again, like so often the way you're going to notice it is when there's no movement, right? Yeah. Like you're like oh like none of those stormtroopers are moving. What the heck? But like once there's like a flicker of a candle in a window you're gonna believe it so much more than just this like flat window that's back there that's just painted yellow if it has that little like movement to it in the era when it would have been a candle um 
so yeah that's the that's the, always my main picture is some like it's this like deep background of like a city and um because there's a lot of rooftop scenes i think too that were done that way one of my favorites which is uh which is a really unconventional use even in its day for map painting was from butch cassidy and the sundance kid and it's the scene where they jump off the cliff into the river and of course they were like well we're not going to have paul newman and robert redford jump off a cliff into a river so they had them jump off a scaffold into like open water and then they they churned up the water with some big fans and then matt painted all the cliff work <laughs> and all that so like when they look like they're jumping into a canyon river they're really just jumping off like a large sort of area uh a scaffold into like just normal like lake water um and then they they churned up the lake water with some fans and and matt painted the cliff in and i was like man like you you watch that film and you would not be like oh that's fake yeah at all it's, like it's so well done it, it's it's the equivalent of them dropping somebody off of a green piece of scaffolding in a in a room you know in a in a warehouse in cleveland and then you go to see the movie and they've they've just jumped off of you know the top of the empire state building or something like that yeah. but yeah. It, with more with more brushwork <laughs> I feel like a lot of it is too is like sleight of hand, right? Like you're watching them jump, you're not watching the cliff behind them. So even like when we're watching, I mean, you, when you watch old CGI stuff and now you're like, oh God, that's so bad. But at the time you were just so excited by the movie and what they had done that you like, you weren't looking for it to be bad. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. still, I think old matte paintings are a million times better than old CGI. So. Even some new CGI, like, I mean, <laughs> if it's not done well, you know, to be honest, like, I mean, I one of the things that I really love, one of my, Del Toro is one of my favorites because he believes in practical effects augmented by computer effects. Absolutely. But he's like, the more you can make it real, the more it's real for the actors, the more it's real for the performance, the more it's real in the film, right? And he really embraces this idea of you take a real thing and augment it with computer graphics rather than we're going to do as much of it in CG as possible and make as much of it unreal as possible. And, and I mean, yeah, CG is great, but I just feel like one of the reasons I love old films is because even though it's kind of like going to the theater, right? You suspend your disbelief better when it's not trying as hard to make you believe it's completely real. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, even it's, that aspect of Del Toro is what made them able to have like a really cool exhibit of his stuff at the ATF. <laughs> like, there's some sweet stuff that was made for his movies. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's he's just a another. There's there's just no one like him. I feel like today, uh, he he, he he definitely ha he has that that level of um, reverence for all of the all of the tools that came before him and their evolution. So he's not one of these guys who's like, like Jim Cameron, I think is an example of a guy who always wants to be using the next thing. And if it doesn't yeah. exist, he invents it. Whereas Del Toro is in more interested in looking like what were the last five things and, and how can I incorporate them? Because they probably did them for a good reason. They, there was mm -hmm. an economy or a, a, a viability to them. And we've, stopped using them 
probably because we have cheaper methods now, but what can we get back to? And I, my argument is always, I would rather see something with a puppet than see something with a, a CGI version. Even if the puppet doesn't look good, at least it's tactile. <laughs> and you can, and you get a sense of it being there. Um, and I think that Dor Del Toro is a guy who like, he'll always slap a layer of prosthetics on someone, or he'll always have some poor guy with his hand up a, a foam and, and latex creature slightly <laughs> off camera. Uh, before he'll do CGI. And that's like the first Hellboy, the the big squid monster in it. He had, I think he said his ratio was he had one puppet for every two CGI versions. And yeah. the CGI <laughs> versions would be buried in the background and the puppets would be up front. So that when you're watching it, you're like, yeah, yeah, those those look like they have texture and the, the like water is pooling on them correctly. And then you just ignore the ones in the background. <laughs> Yeah, he's just oh. like looking for the best tool to do the job that he wants to create the world that he wants, right? He's not just like looking for the next story to make the next tool that he wants to yeah, make. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I love going back to opening credits, the Shape of Water. The op I think it's the opening sequence. Where, maybe it's not the opening sequence, but the the room filled with water. Yes. Um, any other studio picture who's made well first of all shape of water wouldn't get made if it weren't del toro but <laughs> but like like that would be you know let's you know throw up some water effects we'll suspend some items uh in it and del toro's like nah fill a room with water uh and and like lose use cgi to the barest minimum uh we're gonna do this in a tank uh yeah well i think i think he really gets the idea of like you need the audience to suspend disbelief. And part of that is giving them a little bit of things to disbelieve in, right? Like, you know, you need them to like, whereas I think a lot of films and, you know, I, I, the films that resonate the most for me are always the ones that like leverage those sort of practical effects. Like, you know, there's a reason that films from 50, 60 years ago still hit without any CG and there's science fiction films like Metropolis still hits being a, a really grand scale dramatic science fiction film from like forever ago because they get like you got to get people to buy into the moment uh, not not try to pretend that this could happen in their world at any moment right like right. you want them to buy into your world not you to intrude into their world right so yeah don't miss our full interview with john about design the art of the movies on midtown radio or anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at MidCreditScene and on Facebook at MidCreditScenePodcast. See you at the movies.